Greetings, everyone, and welcome to WriteBrain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Hey, guys, welcome to WriteBrain. It's the podcast for uh, crowdfunded publishing, crowdvoted publishing, as I like to call it, and just writing in general. My name is Jeff Dubois. I'm the author of The Life Engineered, and with me is my co-host, the ever-lovely, ever-shiny Paul Inman, the author of Ageless. Paul, how are you doing, man? I am shiny, shining bright like a diamond. I, you know what? I was looking to make some kind of bald you joke. Know, and I cut my hair. Well, I mean, I did cut my hair really short, so there's extra, you know, there's extra shine on it today. So let me, I'm just wiping it off right now. So. Yeah, just polish that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing well. I am doing well. I'm glad that, uh, glad that you asked me because today has been a fantastic day. It is a holiday for us here in the United States, and I have done all kinds of holiday things, which really is just kind of work. But, it's true that t- today is the, the day that you guys celebrate not being racist anymore as a country. Yeah, anymore is a kind of loose way to put it. I I, I can't say that I'm proud. Oh, of let's my, not talk about politics. You are you are <laughs> I, right. I regret let's making on. that joke immediately <laughs> the moment it left my lips. And you know what? Let's talk about something fun. So let's talk okay, talk about absolutely. something positive. Paul, it's you, it's me, but today we're having a threesome. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to touch that. But so um, we uh, we do have a special guest this week. Our first special guest, Mr. John Robin. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Doing how great. how was that? How was that whole banter there? I saw you laughing pretty hard a couple times. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, well, that was amusing. I was having a hard time staying quiet. I didn't want to ruin your surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the welcome to Right Brain. Um, we're gl- we're glad to have you this week, and uh, in just a little bit, we're actually gonna um, you know dive in to uh, some writing stuff with you. But for now, we're just gonna kind of keep it casual. John, how are things your way? Things um, are. Well, let's let's take a second and introduce John, just in case well, people yeah, don't know him. John Robin is uh, one of our who doesn't fellow- know John Robin. I don't know, but for that one guy who crawled out from under a rock and like from his cave, found an iPod lying on the ground and just <laughs> is firing up this episode of Right Brain, scratching his head at like the colorful buttons that appear on the screen. <laughs> Let me explain. So uh, John is one of our fellow Right Brain, uh, Brain, one of our fellow Inkshares author. He uh, he funded the book uh, Blood Dawn, which looks like an absolute epic. We've already reviewed it here on, on Right Brain. And uh, John's going to be uh, joining us for the for the show and talking about his book and talking about writing and the whole Inkshare experience. All right. Now you can tell us how you're doing. <laughs> now, John, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. It's been a, a very productive day. I was working since about uh, 9 o'clock this morning, and I just finished around 7 p.m. So I uh, had my home, had dinner, and uh, braving the Winnipeg cold. Um, but it's, it's nice to just be home in my den here and joining you guys for right brain. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, I just saw, I think an update. Um, did you get a new job? Yes. Uh, I was just hired with author accelerator. Um, they are, they are a coaching service. They help you, uh, write your draft using editorial support model. We, you, uh, you get support every week on the pages you write they're the same service that I used to write Blood Dawn. Uh, so I've, I've had them for the last 67 weeks while I was drafting um, the manuscript. And so now I have the pleasure of working for that 
for the great that great company. I mean, they're just such a positive team, and I'm so proud to be a part of it now. That sounds rad. Yeah, it's really That's, cool. That is very cool. So um, it's it's interesting that you worked with them, um, and then now you work for them. So. That's kind of cool. I I, uh, well, I guess that was a little plug for them on their end. So to send the checks too, exactly. <laughs> I tend to do a lot of that because <laughs> they're a great service. I think uh, it's the best thing I ever discovered as a writer. I mean, it it really brought my game up uh, a whole new level, um, and I couldn't recommend it enough to any other writer who wants to give that a shot. So I guess while we're talking about it, kind of how does it work? Like to explain to the people listening, how it works, sort of? Well, uh, when you join the program, uh, it depends on where you're at in your novel. Ideally, you want to join the program before you've even started writing because they have a book startup process. Um, right now, they're starting something called, uh, they're, they're doing a course called Story Genius, which is uh, built around uh, an author named Lisa Cron. Uh, she wrote a book called Wired for Story, and uh, that explores uh, ways to really find the heart of your story and where it's at. So right now, they're, they're bringing that uh, on board as a new thing. So writers can join before they've even started plotting, and they can nail down the basics of their story. Uh, and then they roll into the author accelerator program where you uh, every week you submit 10 pages of your writing and you get an editor who looks it over and gives you feedback. It's usually on the developmental level. So their focus is to make sure that everything you're writing is on track. You have narrative drive, you're moving forward. Um, so you don't end up at the end, say, of the 500-page manuscript and 100 of it is you got to cut it out or you're not sure what to cut because you had no guidance. So it's just a, a great process. It keeps you accountable too. Cause if you know you have to submit 10 pages on a given day and you're paying for it, I mean, I have had times where I've hauled my butt to Tim Hortons at 11 o'clock and I was there till one thirty in the morning. And that's what it took to write the pages I needed to write. So there's also the accountability end, which is awesome for, for authors who want that support. Not being from Canada, I don't know exactly what Timmy Hortons is. All right, Tim Hortons is <laughs> to, but my wife has been to Canada. Tim Hortons so I is have to heard. Five Guys. What um, McDonald's is to? Uh, wait, no. Tim Hortons is to Starbucks. What McDonald's is to Five Guys Burger. Does, oh, I does see. that make that sense? makes sense? Yeah, you put it in terms of food for the fat guy. That's I, I, see, I see. I'm fat too. Don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> the fat American. Why, I got it. I understand. <laughs> well, this is supposed to be a day of peace here in America. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I don't have a joke for that. That's not going to be political again. So nothing colorful, JF. Jesus, Paul. <laughs> I, yeah, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh john um let me ask you another question here i know we're we're, we're kind of off the cuff this week if you didn't notice no i like mean we have hear. a guest the first time that we have a guest so we we might we're, we're we're sort of getting our uh get our feet wet as far as how to handle that and it's, i don't want it to be too much of an interview format but obviously we we want to give john a bit of a platform he's not here just as window dressing so Right, have right. at it, Paul. Ask your question. Uh, well, my question was actually going to be a more of a personal question. Like we 
the assume I assume that our listeners are 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 familiar with you mostly anyway. Um, but you know, as far as personally, like we we don't necessarily. I kind of get the feeling that we don't necessarily know who each other are. After last week, JF told me last week he was hit by a car before, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I never knew that. So, like, is there any um? fun well maybe not fun serious like anecdotal thing about your personal self like maybe something that the people that we normally like have you pal ever around murdered, with man yeah that's where i'm going that's oh. where i'm going have you ever <laughs> murdered <laughs> huh huh well this is traditional here do i have Canada. to it do i have to admit it <laughs> <laughs> don't condemn yourself you know i've i've murdered i've murdered plenty of character uh there you go but i don't think i've i don't think i've ever murdered anyone at least not to not to the best of my knowledge um, you know, Jay, if that was our whole last half hour's worth of talk, you just brought it out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. You Now you can work at me for the confession, and that can come out in the last half hour. There you go. <laughs> you have the rest of the episode to pry it free. Awesome. But no, seriously, um, is there any uh, personal anything that you would like to share? Because like... This is, uh, in my mind, this is kind of an extension of what we do with like ink shares and, 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 you know, mm. people hopefully will get to know us a little better personally, not just as, Hey, that guy wrote the life engineered or that guy wrote blood dawn or ageless or whatever, you know, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I absolutely know that because if you said, Hey, tell me something personal about you, I'd be like, I don't have any hair. I mean, I don't know, you know. No, that's public. Yeah, that's public. Yeah. We all know. <sighs> shame, shame me. Yeah, let's let's see. I I mean, one of the, one of the things that uh, is is a bit personal to me, um, and it's really a little bit related to Blood Dawn and the underlying themes uh, in it uh, is I used to be in academia and adult education, and I left that. Uh, calling, uh, or that I guess that I shouldn't call it a calling. This is my calling, um, and uh, that was a really tough time for me. Uh, you know, I got married and bought a house, uh, and you know, it was like a whole new life. And I completely left that behind. I mean, for a while, I was unemployed. I didn't know what I was going to do for income, and out of that, I managed to start an editing company. And um, managed to get going on Blood Dawn, and things slowly came together. Um, but a lot of like the themes in Blood Dawn, you know, Rena is an artist, and she's in a lives in a world where art is illegal. And to me, art was very much the metaphor of my passion for writing, and what does it mean to pursue what you're passionate about? You know, where there's really no promise that it's going to get you anything, and it could just as well destroy you. So that's, uh, you know, there's a very personal side to Blood Dawn and a lot of that fear and vulnerability and those sorts of things I went through uh, during that time where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, but, uh, you know, do I want to just be bogged down by my day job or by uh, other things that are not really aligned with what I'm trying to do? Um, and so that was very much, uh, yeah, you know, that's, if I was to tell, tell the little personal story behind my writing and my, uh, you know, my book, that would be very much it. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've mentioned about my career change on my, in my bio, but I don't really 
often reveal or talk about the, the personal side behind it. So there's like a lot of the emotions and things that the characters in Blood Dawn go through are very personal to me. So a lot of people get asked about their books and they all have these very, very complex and deep explanation like you just gave. And all I have is, man, do I ever love robots? (laughs) (laughs) Damn, androids are really cool. Yeah, man. Good story. (laughs) So anyways, not to put take the spotlight off of John too much, but Paul, what have you been up to? I mean, this is still our show. We, We can we can still, you know, talk about ourselves. Which is my favorite part, really. <laughs> Nobody noticed. Nobody. So uh, uh, with me, not much. I mean, uh, like I said, it's a long weekend. So I was trying to relax a little bit this particular weekend. As far as uh, what's going on in my life, uh, just getting ready for a new semester. Have new kids next semester or tomorrow, actually. So um, uh, as far as uh, writing is concerned, Ageless, I, I'm, I'm kind of in a holding pattern. I haven't heard anything now for two weeks. So what's the last thing you submitted? Uh, What is the last thing I submitted? You should know this. It's your book. It's been two weeks. I can't remember. I think it was the, um, the, it was the manuscript. I'm trying to think of which part of the process it was. It was the, uh, like, yeah, you're past dev edits. So you're probably maybe in first round of copy edits. Yeah, it was, it was copy edits. Yep. It was copy edits. And, um, we are currently, they're currently trying to get together the um, back and the spine for the, for the, the cover, I mean, for the um, outside of the book. So uh, that's where they are. And I should be, honestly, I would think in any day now, they're going to be sending me that for approvals. Um, and the scripted, I mean, the script, the manuscript is uh, going through the pour and all that kind of stuff right now. Oh, that's, so. that's a cool part because there's, uh, from this point on, it's really just making sure the formatting is good. And yeah. that's every time they send you uh, something to look at, it always, it always looks so finished and so professional. So it's, it's great for the ego. So I'm, <laughs> well, good. Um, I always need that stroke in the ego. Um, so, you know, I'm excited about it because I, I, I hate to say this because it scares me because you have told me many times on this show and outside of the show that every time you feel like you've, you're done, they always send something back with more questions. So I kind of feel like that the manuscript is pretty close to being locked in, if not completely locked in. So they're so. gonna they're gonna start at you from a different angle. Then I mean, the moment you say go with the book and goes off to to whatever the printer, mm-hmm. um, you're they're they're gonna start attacking you with the marketing or final approval for covers. Actually, that's that's also gonna be a thing. So there, there's always an angle that they're coming at you with, but it's always cool because I mean, it's working on on your baby. So it's 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 the amazing part of this. I'm right now like I'm doing a lot of the marketing stuff. Like today, I made some phone calls to local bookshops to see if I could use a as a venue for a launch party, and which is the thing I am the worst at. If you could listen to me calling a bookshop and asking to hold an event, it's it's like a thirteen year old asking for like the hottest girl in school for a date. It is <laughs> ridiculously awkward and incompetent. I I I am not good at this. And all that to be told, oh, yeah, we have an event manager, but he, he doesn't talk to writers. He only talks to uh, to publishers and agents. <laughs> That's funny. So is that where you ask InkShares to step in? 
Yeah, absolutely. So basically there's some like the indie bookstores I communicated with were not an issue because they, they, they don't have a problem talking directly to people, but the bigger bookstores and it's from a marketing standpoint, it's a bit of a, as a, it's a catch 22. Like on one hand, like the indie bookstores are way more the vibe of ink shares very much more in line with their, their philosophies but tiny venue minimal visibility so it's cool but less impact meanwhile the bigger bookstores like our equivalent in canada barnes and nobles like indigo you might know more yeah yeah anyway, I do. like they they're way more commercials and they'll sell a bunch of gimmicks and have coffee shops and stuff like that but at the same time they have a lot more foot traffic so to get them excited about the idea of this new publisher with a different platform would have a very important impact on not just my book but any ink sheriff's book that they would hold so starting to build that relationship would have that positive impact towards book sales and visibility but at the same time you feel like it's doesn't feel like it's the right place, right? It's it's it feels like taking your date on your date to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> That's a funny. lot of re- fast food references tonight, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's it's. That's, that's, that's I, I guess I segged into talking about myself as I am wont to do, but yeah, I just let it happen. I'm just used to it. <laughs> I'm just used to it happening. <laughs> Damn, Paul. <laughs> I'm just you're kidding, mean Jay. tonight. I mean, we have company, and you turn into a jerk. <laughs> I'm just kidding, JF. Come on, it's all for the funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I get it. It's fine, it's fine. So everyone right. knows it's true. All right. All right. So, so <laughs> since we're talking a bit about marketing, uh, mar- with marketing comes the whole like building community and things like that. And we have probably I don't I don't know if I want to say the, but I'm tempted to. So so I'll just do it. Like we have probably the most active community member for Inkshare writers with us with John Robin, who's been like he's spear you you've spearheaded so many initiatives and been easily one of the writers that's been in contact with the most different branches of the Inkshare community from from Goodreads to starting your own syndicate. I mean, you're you're all over the place. How Busy how's, man. how 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 do you do that? <laughs> uh I think it's just because I like to write emails. <laughs> That's how it all started. I mean, I, uh, I need to hire you as a personal assistant because one of the biggest problems <laughs> I have is like, I when when the second when the, the nurse contest started, I sent out this uh, this this update and did this blog post saying this needs to be about community, and then Joe ran with it, you ran with it, everybody ran with it, and I went. I'm I'm done. I did my part. Yep. <laughs> I haven't been able to keep up with the uh, the Goodreads group as much as I want to, and like all all these community outreaches that I should be participating in, I want to participate in. I can't seem to find the time between all the other stuff I, I need to do. And you you are both an inspiration and intimidating in how much you seem to be capable of doing. Uh, uh, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I, was, I I was partly going to say. Um, something a reference to wizard of oz and the man behind the curtain <laughs> not quite yeah. you know I, I like i said i just write lots of emails and and it just seems that uh, it might be the way that i engage people or i i mean i'm always at the core of it it's like how can we work together how can we do more than just a simple thanks for ordering my book how can we take this another step where 
How can we work together and put our minds together? And it's amazing how that's contagious and it brings out all these things in people. Because when I look at the InkShares community, I don't see something that I did. I just see something that, you know, has got set in motion. And I just brought that intention forward. And, you know, I think the reality is almost everyone there who is crowdfunding their book has that same intention. But, you know, if, if I have any, you know, I, I, get, I get credited as being a, a leader in the community. Um, if anything, that just might be the energy I bring to let's get this fire started. The reality is it's everybody's attitudes working together in alignment. Uh, and so, I mean, of course, Joe Terzieva, if he had not had the idea to put that Goodreads group together, uh, we would still be doing reply all emails <laughs> or who knows what, right? And that would right. just not work. So that was brilliant. Uh, to I, I probably would have settled. I probably would have settled that the same way. Settle everything and just create another Facebook group. Well, yeah, it's because usually, you know, that's the thing. You bring lots of people together and they think outside the box. I mean, uh, Kara Weston has been just an absolute source of fire. Like I, when I think, I mean, she's, she's one of my dragons and I call her like the Supreme dragon because she's done so much for blood Dawn and she is really just has so much energy. And so, you know, like the three of us are kind of the author moderators on the group. And, uh, we actually are all part of a Slack channel, uh, with some of the Inkshare staff. And we do a lot of discussion on direction in the community so there's, you know, we, we, we converse a lot and they're just full of brilliant ideas. So we're, we're kind of like a sort of ink shares trinity of some kind working in the background and everyone has a different thing. I mean, Kara organized the uh, review-a-thon, which was just an awesome event. If that hadn't have happened, I mean, I, I think we'd be, we'd be looking at sort of different landscape, you know, that review-a-thon just brought together so many other layers to this community. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more like that. I am not talented in that way, coming up with those sorts of event planning things. I'm more just like, a, uh, am I allowed to swear on here? <laughs> uh, we're P- trying to keep I, it PG. I, I stir yeah, up I, I, I thirteen, maybe. I don't want to have to to put an explicit tag in iTunes okay. because I'm lazy. I, I I stir crap. There we go. That's a mild. There we curse. go. Yeah. You know, there's there's a saying about uh, when you're when you're well, doing creative work, throwing crap at the wall wherever it sticks. Hey, that's good. Okay, I'm going to do that. And I'd like to just try things and throw things at the wall. Um, uh, when it comes to planning things and logistics, I cower. Uh, JF, you were talking about your your fear of doing uh, like a book launch, and <laughs> I don't even want to think about my book launch. <laughs> there are certain things about the book launch that seem super appealing, like the idea of being surrounded by friends and celebrating something cool that's happening, a landmark, like really a watershed shed event in my life. That part seems like a blast. The whole calling strangers to ask if I can use their space to hold my ego party and then reading my own crap in front of people, all of that is terrifying to me because I'm just an awkward mess. It's it's part of the same reason, like one 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 of the reasons why I'm not as involved as I sometimes wish I were for like Goodreads and the Goodreads forums and all these things is 
I want to, but at the same time, when I sit down, like you, like you say, you like writing emails. When I sit down and I think, mm, I could respond to this post that I saw on on Goodreads or catch up with some of the chatter on Goodreads, or I could write more of my book and like I make the decision to do the. I say it's, it's weird because as a guy who works in marketing, I know I should do the social thing and I don't. But anyways, I I. I'm I'm just not good at this whole outreach portion of it. You see, though, you know, you do, you do, though. Sometimes, I guess it depends on who, who or what you're responding to. Because um, you do, I, I, I haven't posted in a long time in the Goodreads, but I've been reading. Um, because I'll be honest with you, before the Goodreads forum, I didn't really post in forums. I enjoy forums, but I'm more of like the person who, uh, like sometimes you see these like um. People who write long-time reader, first-time poster, that kind of stuff. And that's kind of me because I like – I'll keep up with it, but I just don't contribute maybe um, is a good way to put it. But it's not that I don't want to. Uh, I Well, I guess it is I don't want to because it's not hard to. <laughs> but um, I guess I, I just kind of enjoy – the entertainment portion of it. I don't know if you want to think of it that way. I mean, sometimes I'll chime in. It's been a while though. I can't remember the last time I replied. I think it was actually something about the podcast here. Um, just, uh, in in a way, one of the things that is unfortunate about people, like, I mean, you and I, it's not too bad because in a way we're doing this podcast and we are like, we are relating and testifying as to our experiences with InkShare and the whole process. But at the same time, being able for well, first of all, us getting more involved in the Goodreads community and all these all these efforts, these community efforts that are happening around InkShares would be good for the podcast. But at the same time, we guys put this. We 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 should be there as people who are in a way more uh more advanced in the in the process sort of you know testifying to experience so that other people are prepared and i mean we do it here on the podcast but being able to be part of the community and being capable of answering questions when they arise when people get to that stage would i feel like it's almost a bit our responsibility that we're not doing so i'm i'm really eager for john to be further into the publishing process pick up our slack so we don't have to worry about it anymore <laughs> i'm sure he's i'm sure he's ready to well, ready to be where we are. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe emotionally ready. Maybe the blood dawn might not be ready. Um, so actually, that's kind of a good segue into uh, where, where, where are we with blood dawn? I mean, I, I keep up with with uh, all your updates and things. So, but for the one person who found that random iPod, which by the way, an iPod just laying around the ground. But anyway, never know. <laughs> you never know, I guess. So oh, wait, wait, maybe wait. first, first, I want to establish certain ground rules because I enjoy okay. tormenting exactly. Paul to a certain degree. Paul, at <laughs> yes. what level did you support Blood Dawn? <laughs> I know you pre-ordered at least one copy. I pre-ordered one copy. I pre-ordered one copy. Now you know that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> I so, so you're not part of this exclusive I am super not. club that John established for people who order <laughs> what more copies. Who's being mean now, JF? <laughs> me. Me. I am. I'm being mean to you. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm shaming you. Know you. I don't remember. I can't remember. But at least one copy. At least one. And then I 
helped support John by other ways, other things. That's fine. It's, 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 it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Paul. No judgments from me. Support is support. JF, no more guests. No more. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the reason why I'm saying that is because John does, uh, like, uh, as, as far as being trailblazer, not just for the community, also broke sort of the barrier of the, the, the normal support That's system true. and introduced the idea of having higher support levels for books, which is something that's super interesting. So I, I don't know. I just felt this, this, it was a good way of teasing Paul while also mentioning another like great reason why we have, uh, John on uh, as a guest, because he's, he's brought this, these initiatives that have opened doors for, for, for a further campaign down the line. So, uh, full disclosure, JF, how what? many did you? I don't know. How many did you need to a pre-order to get like that dragon thing? You ordered seven. I, I right, remember the, go. I listened to the episodes. That I, you mentioned yeah, I it. lived. Yeah. All right. There you go. Fantastic. Awesome. I'm the okay, best. John. So I guess <laughs> now let's talk about Blood Dawn. You might as well say, uh, you know, explain your support system with your different tiers. I will have to go back and order more books now because I will not be shown up. <laughs> hey, that 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 I have no protest there. <laughs> Kim, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> you you need lots of money we'll now see how that they, works. they raised the price like since the oh, funding yes. model right so now oh, now ouch, it's, it's true now you're paying the what you would pay for the copy whereas it used oh. to be you got half price while it was funding john um, i might i might be in for one buddy I might that's be okay in for one. <laughs> i had somebody become a dragon a week ago and it blew my mind now granted they're a good friend of mine uh, I still was, you know, cause they're here in Canada. So you add the shipping, you add the weak Canadian dollar, uh, and it was close to $200 to order those seven wow. books, but they still did it. Uh, and so, I mean, I took them to A and W and I'll probably take them out for dinner again, <laughs> just because that's, that is a huge show of support. I mean, it's one thing to be a dragon, you know, while you have the discount, which is still, that's, it was a $70 investment, uh, to get seven copies. And that's, to me, that's a very big, uh, a big show of support. Um, but, uh, $200 that's, I mean, that where I got the idea for the different levels, uh, I was looking at Kickstarter, Kickstarter, uh, has those different initiatives. And rather than just saying, Hey, you could spend $20 and support my project. If you want, you could go up to 30, but we'll just say 20 and you could be generous and donate what you want. People tend to pick something very concrete and specific, you know, so with Kickstarter, like the super backer level, you know, is usually around $100 or something if you really want to support a project. And generally that's where you throw the most bonuses in. Um, so I thought I'd try that out with the dragons, um, sort of something on level with that, uh, which you get for those high levels in Kickstarter. And what really, uh, surprised me was how many people became dragons. I, I was expecting maybe one or two or it'd be like how, the, how many are you at right now? I think I have about 15 or 16. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact number. Like, wow. There's a lot and see, cause it uh what it shows on the page is not accurate um because if somebody orders a total of seven copies 
then I consider them to be a dragon. But if you order like one copy at a time and it adds up, uh, you don't show up in that uh, top row where it shows the dragons. Right. Um, that, that's something that might be a bit of a weakness in how the uh, the interface works, like how the system functions, where I've yeah. had people who noticed that they could, oh, if I buy more, I get like an acknowledgement. I already bought one copy. Can I just buy two more copies? And I'd have to say, well, no, you have to buy three in one shot. And that sort of sucks. So it would be nice if it like would automatically detect when one person's ordered a certain amount and yeah. put them in the right place for that. Yeah, and I think for on my end, I mean, I I really pay attention to those emails. I even have a spreadsheet where I keep track of who's ordered my book, and I have columns for whether they responded to my thank you email. I mean, I'm very systematic. I really like to pay attention to uh, who has done what. So you know, when somebody okay, double check my one, John. I know I got one at least. Come on. Oh yeah, you're in there. I <laughs> I. I, I just was actually looking through it the other day and, uh, you know, uh, but I, I know you ordered a copy. That's no, uh, no question about that. Um, I don't See, think now you're I'm checking a... myself too. <laughs> um, but I mean, the purpose of doing that is just to keep track. I mean, but it's kind of hard not to notice, you know, every time I, I get a pre-order of my book, I jump with joy. I mean, I don't, uh, I, I really, I, I'm sure you guys can relate to when you were, uh, going through the sword and laser contest and there's the you're trying to get the pre-orders every time an email pops up that's like your life <laughs> you know yeah oh, it's <laughs> one of the things i noticed like during these contests is like you'll have one day where you don't get a single order and it is the single most depressing thing and then at the end of the day you get one order and it it feeds you for 12 hours this one pre-order and you go oh man at least there's this one dude yep <laughs> You know, it's kind of, it's bad because you just, you just sit around and you're like, come on, I know people are ordering, where are my orders? And you watch, like during the um, first Sword and Laser contest, you watch books like The Life Engineered, just climbing. And I'm like, come on, this oh, guy's man, book is not jerk. better than mine. <laughs> and, uh, and I know it's not because I've read mine. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I need to stop saying that. I'm supposed to be like, I've I've been... I've been chastised. I've been chastised by my uh, my bosses to stop <laughs> bad mouthing my own work. It's bad for business. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I pre I pre ordered Blood Dawn. I'm looking and I've got it. So I'm here at the page, and I actually uh, want to point out to those of you listening um, that you can still get uh, Blood Dawn. It is still pre ordering because you actually, John, did something that most authors, uh, or at least that uh, I've looked at. Did not do because you ex- you you picked a well you had a plan up here at one point right or no maybe that was a funding I mean a, an email that you sent out with the plan it yeah, was, was an update there. I believe yeah yeah I've, an update. Uh, I've revamped that page uh, for yeah, January because we're moving into the last push I really wanted to streamline everything there so it's more focused on the last uh, steps so. Well, yes, it, it's awesome. Um, what I was what I was getting to is um, because. Uh, the one thing that you did that was a little bit different is you set a, a goal way out, way out. How many how many days was your entire campaign? I made it a year, a um, year long. That's that's completely unusual because I I believe ninety is the, is the default, and right now you're currently just under ninety with like eighty three days left, and uh, you know you're well on your way to hitting that uh, fully funded goal, and you have plenty of time 
That's right. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm now putting all kinds of uh, things in motion. I've saved the, my energy for this last stretch. Uh, I wanted to put all my energy into finishing the manuscript, which I did at the end of December. Uh, Congratulations. And thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a great feeling. I'm sure, as you know, that feeling when you finish a book and you know it's, it's done. You might need to revise it, but there's no more figuring out what you have to write. Um, so, so it's great to go into the new year with this and I had anticipated it would be done. Um, and, uh, now I'm sort of going to be pulling out all the stops and like, as you, as you, you know, I mean, a lot of people fund for 90 days and they could sometimes reach 700 pre-orders in that period. Um, being creative. Um, I'm very grateful to Craig Monroe. Uh, one of the winners of the recent Sword and Laser, he created the official John's List thread. So, uh, um, sure we could, should we explain John's List for people that don't know it? So I don't Absolutely, sound narcissistic. I, I've only <laughs> I've only learned about what this is. I think today or yesterday. So I'm I'm still very green to the concept, but it sounds very interesting. And of course, as as a as a narcissist, my first thought was, well, I need to get on there, of course. Yeah, but, of you know, ex explain <laughs> your good fortune to us. Well, God John, in the Shed will make it on there. Ah, we'll see. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, ideas for after the podcast. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so John's list. Um, originally, uh, it started with one of our authors, Andrew Wood. I got really excited one Sunday when I should have been writing, but instead I wanted to help someone. And I thought, I need to do more than just try to tweet or share. I thought, you know what? We have this great author community. What if I just said, let's get this book funded into, let's get this book into Quill just so it reaches basic funding. And I created the thread and, and sure enough, a bunch of other authors jumped on board and said, yeah, we'll help. And some people were critiquing the cover and it was seemed like a great thing. And I thought, well, why does it have to be just one author? Why can't anyone in the community decide hey we really want this book to fund and then everyone you know, they could aggregate together and pool their resources and and help someone out reach their goal we saw dax harrison um succeed T tony valdez's um book we saw that that fund successfully that had a a john's list entry um kara weston named it john's list when i started talking about it you know it was funny because we were chatting in our slack group and i thought that kara got hacked by a bot or something because <laughs> my twitter there was a big bold john's list i had an email from her john's list and then you know it took me forever to figure out like i can't remember there was something i had something else open and she had john's list and so i thought she got hacked or something i didn't even know what this john's list had to do with and then finally i went back into the chat and and there we go is she explaining it all she's got really excited and i'm like are you, your computer's okay? <laughs> Kara excited? Never. <laughs> Kara's awesome because she gets excited and how she gets excited. This is infectious. Oh, yeah. She has so much energy. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's great. It's great well, because so it's contagious. And I mean, you, mm -hmm. you see yep. it in like the, uh, the review-a-thon, the podcast we did, like all of that. Yep. It's not just, I'm excited. It's like, she's excited and draws everyone in. That's awesome. Like she, she's going to have, she's going to have a great launch party. Oh, yeah. oh man, I no want to go. Oh, JF, can you send me to her launch party? <laughs> I can't even send myself. 
<laughs> uh, well, that's okay. Sorry, Kara. <laughs> so basically, John's list, the way that that works is someone nominates your book to be on this list. And how, do, how does this list function? How does it get more pre-orders? Um, well, what it is, is it, because we have our Goodreads group where people can chat about anything, it's a, it's a thread. Uh, so because we've had enough people create John's List initiatives in there, I created a folder. Um, actually, that was created early on. Um, I called it, let's get books funded, and then Kara changed it to John's List. I kind of protested at first. I'm like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like Craigslist and I don't want it really named after me. I don't want people thinking it's like a variation. You're going to have like, you know, uh, casual encounter things in there by accident or, or something. Um, but or on uh, purpose. PG. We're keeping it PG. Yeah. <laughs> so, Actually, just, uh, just as an aside, we, we can say shit and it's, uh, it's, we don't get an explicit tag. It's fine. Yeah. So, well, I won't say anything that's intentionally... Oh, that's okay. Last week, JF dropped the big F bomb. Oh, and uh, okay. I just bleeped it out. So hopefully, we won't get stopped on that. You know, no, if it's it. bleeped out, it's fine. <laughs> okay, I won't intentionally drop anything. <laughs> um, no, it's all right. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's uh, it's John's list. Uh, anyone can nominate something to go in there. In fact, today I I'm trying to. It's bad. I just put it up there, but I can't remember what it's called. That's okay. Um, we do that I was all brow- the time. Yeah, you I was, get here and you... T- I had connected with this author. He actually backed Blood Dawn, and uh, he linked me to his book, and I was checking it out, and it's at 180 pre-orders, and there were some great reviews on there. Joseph uh, Asfahani, um, Jameson Stone... Uh, Rick Hines, they all had left some really great reviews of this book. And I thought, yeah, this, you know, this, this really, and I read a little bit of the, the opening and I thought this is some really great writing. A lot of some authors in our community have, have shown a lot of support. Let's create a listing for this. So I, I decided to put that together and uh, you know, that's up there. I don't just cause it's called John's list doesn't mean I put it up there. I wanted it to be, the idea is that you don't put your own book up there because otherwise that's self-promotion. And we have a folder area where everyone is encouraged to promote their own work. Um, but otherwise, the order of the group starts to decay because this isn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with tooting your own horn a little bit. But the idea is we're there as a community to work together. So um, once you have a John's List, um, John's List ad put together, um, then... Anybody in the community who wants to help out can join in. Uh, you can, you can, like to give you an example with Dax Harrison, um, because there was a John John's List thread created for Tony. Um, uh, Amanda Ornick had the great idea to put together sort of like a blog tour uh, and coordinate uh, several blog posts that Tony was on during the last uh, days of his campaign. And I decided to help by getting Tony to write a custom reader update template. And what I did is I emailed about 30 or so authors who I connect with who I know have been really helpful. And I gave them that template. And every, like not everyone, but a, quite a few people sent that reader update out. And um, Dax Harrison just went 
boom, right, right through the roof. I mean, he, he didn't just make the, the minimum quill go. I think he got up to 268 or, you know, he, he, they just kept coming in. And I don't know what that was from, but, you know, obviously you get a lot of momentum, a lot of authors working together, and that's going to carry a lot further than if it's just you all alone. Yeah, because right now that Dix, Dax Harrison made it to two seventy five. Yeah, which is so which sure is twenty five more than the, uh, than the 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 quill minimum. Yeah, um, I can't remember what it had finished at, but it was definitely in the two sixties, if not high two. I, I seem to recall two sixty eight. That number is standing out for me, and so uh, you know, and, and obviously as books continue to fund. Uh, or even when they go in production, people can keep pre-ordering. But I guess a lot of that momentum tends to slow down a bit um, once you're not racing like crazy to get pre-orders to meet your goal. Listen, John, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> I haven't had an order in like uh... – actually, I got an order last week. And, you know, Wait, it's we're, like – Didn't you get like a hundred book order at some point? What are you, what are you complaining about? I did. I did. I can't help it that I it's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. <laughs> I I have no doubt. Self-promotion. I'm very, very Come eager on. to read to read it. So just to to segue whilst keeping in the theme of community, because I feel that if anybody's gonna make this happen, it's gonna be John Robin. Probably uh as the as the idea man were with a with with Kara as an assistant and wrangling as many of the Inkshare community as possible to help Inkcon. <laughs> We've talked 2016, about it. 2016, baby. We've talked Ink about gone. it. And I feel the more the more like I, I heard you like mention names, like you mentioned Tony, you may mention uh, Joseph. Well, the Josephs at this point, because there's two in the community. Uh, right. You talk about Kara, you talk about uh, Andrew Wood. And the, the more I feel like, man, we need to all hang out at some point. This this isn't just like a handful of four or five people. Like if we get if you get all of us together, I feel that we can have a very interesting convention and working maybe with ink shares being able to get readers involved i feel that maybe not 2016 but 2017 where more of the books are out there's definitely some kind of event that could be done at least in my opinion uh i totally agree i mean like and i think it would just be awesome i mean like look we're gonna have a, a panel uh all about community building. John Robin is going to be heading up that panel, just so you know. And then we're going to have a, a panel that's all about feeling awkward in public. And uh, JF and I will probably take that one on. And uh, well, you can <laughs> I'll prob- join you. And you can definitely have a. I mean, if you if you want to have a panel about how to uh, how to pitch your book one on one, Jameson Stone is a freaking king of that. He is insanely exactly. good at it. I mean, he says, "Oh, I you you." He says it seems to come naturally to him, but to to someone like me, it is work, and that's that. that I, I admire him and and the way he does it very much. So, so John, what would you like to see in an in an ink con? Well, having been to a few writing conventions myself, um, It would be great to have, well, you know, generally you have like a, a room set up where people can come and like I, new authors or people rent out tables to promote their work. So it would be awesome if we had sort of like a dealer's room where, um, where different authors could set their own tables up and showcase their books. 
and we could have an ink shares table there. I would say definitely lots of great uh, panels. Uh, what would, that would draw on some of our talent. I mean, what's what's really neat is you already have a lot of talent and a lot of um, leadership going on in our Goodreads group. So I think if you manage to put a real life uh, framework around that, um, it would just be so easy to make different panels. You know, like a lot of times some great things are just discussion panels. So everyone might talk about, um, let's say there might be a panel on crowdfunding and you'd get like five Inkshares authors who have been through the ropes. Um, and then they all just talk about it. Uh, one person might be a bit of a leader. They might take questions from the audience, um, but that would be great. Um, I could tell you, I would, I would just answer one question and it would be, how did you do it? And my answer would be, I don't freaking know. Lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky. That is all. I mean, that's the only way for me personally. I mean, but see, see what I mean, Paul? I mean, he's already doing it. He's already he's already planning it. It's he already is. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? We could have a right brain panel. We know we, yeah. we 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 would do a live recording. Like I've been to enough conventions. Like I was CanCon earlier this fall, and the the type of panels that you, you're describing, John, is exactly that. You have a bunch of people that are quote unquote knowledgeable. <laughs> I don't know why I say quote unquote people that are knowledgeable about stern. <laughs> they think certain they're subject, knowledgeable. <laughs> subject matter, and one of the person on the, that panel is a moderator and you know manages how the questions are handled and who answers what, and it's uh, and keeps the pace going. But yeah, no, it's exactly what you what you're describing, and we. I feel that there's like I think 2016 might be a bit early because I mean, Inkshares is still getting its momentum. There's still more of us need to get our books published. But once things are more, oh, sorry about that, hit my mic. But once things are more set in motion, definitely, I I think it's it's almost a must to do uh, an Incon or maybe not an Incon, but maybe have an Inkshare presence at another convention because we, we as well, Inkshare as a company, but the Inkshare, the Inkshare community has something I feel is rather unique to bring to the table. Yeah. And you know, we talked about, um, I, I believe I'm pretty sure JF and I talked about that. Maybe we should, maybe Inkshare should put together like a con, like a uh, package, um, where they would like maybe ship, for example, if I wanted to go to a um, a convention around the area that I live in South Carolina or the region somewhere um, around myself, they could ship me some stuff and I could get a table and I could take it there and I could, you know, set it up and kind of have an ink, ink shares present at that convention, presence at that convention, you know, without them necessarily all having to travel or some of them having to travel and, uh, um, it would be a good way to kind of get ink shares out there a little bit while promoting my own book, Ageless, and and helping out with you know everyone else's book. You know, maybe a few copies of you know some of the more popular ink shares um, platform. I mean, uh, novels. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of an idea that we bounced around with each other once. Or it's been a long time, JF. We have too many episodes now. We're, really, we're double think, digits. You, you double think, digits. You think we should quit? <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, we're done. Twenty max. I'm out. I can't I can't hang out. It's around fine, I'll that. get John to replace you. Mm. <laughs> I am that easily replaceable. Oh no. Well, oh no, know. I've started contention. <laughs> <laughs> John, let me ask you. Um uh let's uh talk about Blood Dawn a little bit. So uh 
the the novel itself we really haven't touched much on what what uh what blood dawn actually is i mean i'm well i i could leave it to you because you obviously know better than i do um but what do you uh let's hear the pitch let's hear the pitch john the pitch okay well let's hear the pitch imagine a novel where it's sort of like game of thrones but in a more victorian time period and with lots of magic, um, a little bit like the Wheel of Time. Uh, so we have the story of a young woman named Rena, who is a very gifted weaver, and she discovers that her gift is actually the sign of an inborn magical ability. So uh, she lives in a kingdom where there's a, it's a fallen empire of a god king and finds out that she's actually his daughter, and the only way that uh, she can restore order to the world is if she masters her ability. In her way stand lots of ambitious people who want to destroy her, uh, and some people want to use her for their gain. So she has to try and conquer them all in order to bring light back to the dark empire of Golheim. Golheim. Okay, so I think that sounds awesome. And you know, if you don't know, I actually read the the what was it? Was it the prologue? It was the opening Rena chapter. The oh yeah, okay. Um, I actually read that, and you can go listen to the audio version and hear my voice even more if you're not tired of it. But uh, seriously though, go um, read or listen, and uh, that that hooked me in. I, in fact, I can remember I was I was just sitting in um, in the chair in the other room, and I was like just looking over the Blood Dawn page, and I was. I just decided to like start reading some of it out loud. And I was like, you know what? This could be a lot of fun um, to read. Uh, and was so that the I, first one that you did the reading for? That is the very first one. Wow. The very first one. Yep. John, you got the very first one. So, so you, you inspired a trend that was actually extremely beneficial awesome. to me. You, John, oh. in a way, you are you are the, the the sperm to the ovum that eventually became right brain. PG, JF. PG. PG. <laughs> What? It's biology. Oh, it's biology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I'm, right. but I'm saying, like, if 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 you hadn't, if John hadn't inspired you to do that reading for his book, you wouldn't have done the reading for my book, and I wouldn't have said, "Hey, you speak words well on a microphone. You should <laughs> podcast with me." We wouldn't have this podcast. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's all thanks to it. Always comes back to Blood Dawn. Exactly. Like when I got up and I made my cereal choice this morning. I was like, you had a really a good bowl of crunchy blood dons. That's that's, right. that's weird, man. <laughs> I had blood. <laughs> no, that extra a- sweetened blood dons. Yeah, turns that your will milk be a- turns your milk blood red. Yeah. <laughs> now that All will right. be a milestone for me. The day I see a cereal box with blood dawn on it, then I oh, know man. I've succeeded. You know you made it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, it could happen. You never know. You right? never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just write the books. I mean, I'm not. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, you mentioned the God King that that uh, it used to be right. That's a pa- present. Um, sorry, past tense thing, right? That's right. He vanished. He he was a very powerful. He was sort of the first half human, half dwarf uh, being, and uh, he was regarded as a person that would unite the world. Fulfillment of an ancient prophecy. His name was Azadul, mm-hmm. and um, he reached too far with his power, and 
uh, he got cursed. The dark darkness fell over his court. It's very vampire-esque. Um, and, uh, the only, he vanished. Nobody really knows what happened to him. I mean, I don't want to spoil Blood Dawn. Blood Dawn explores a lot about that question. Where is Azadul and, uh, what happened to him? Um, some think he's dead, but it's definitely 20 years ago, he was gone and his empire collapsed and other people moved in to take over. Okay, well then, without spoiling it too much, let's let's shift gears a little bit. What um what kind of uh, what kind of things were like your inspiration? Like um for me personally, I can I can pinpoint a couple of very important things for Ageless. Like uh, a friend of mine is actually a um a an author for Harper Teen, and she before she was on Harper Teen, she um wrote her first book and uh, self published, and I was like, I can do that. Yeah, you know, everybody can do that. So, of course, I tried and failed miserably after about a paragraph or two. And I was like, whoa, I cannot do this, you know. So, um, I um, then I, uh, I had a little bit more inspiration from, uh, I hate to give it away, but it was kind of like a TV show. I'll just leave it at that. So, um, <laughs> I mean... What what kind of things uh, inspired Blood Dawn? Like, wh- what was that one or two key things maybe for you? Okay, well, uh, one of them is very old. Um, 20 years, maybe more than 20 years. I, I was a little boy and I used to uh, look at my grandma's bookshelf and she had a copy of The Hobbit there and it just used to intrigue me. I would open it up and I would look at that map of Wilderland um, and as I got older, I mean, I, I was a late bloomer as a reader. Um, but finally, when I, I started reading, it was a fantasy book and led me to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And I just gobbled them up. And from that point forward, it was just I had this obsession to create my own world, my own mythology. I wanted to write the story that would bring that world to life. Um, but, you know, that that motivation carried with me. Uh, it wasn't until about nine years ago that I actually wrote a novel. Um, and that was a throwaway. And I thought, I thought it was going to be the one, uh, didn't work. So I wrote another novel after crying and moping and all that, all that stuff you go through. Um, that one didn't work well. And I kept going. And so Blood Dawn is actually my fourth novel. So it, but I'm now at this place where it's like, I'm sort of reunited with that old, old source where I was just compelled to create a world, to enter a world, to bring it to life. And, you know, it's taken a lot of work, a lot of like those three novels I wrote, although you could look at them as deadwood or waste, uh, the process of writing them taught me a lot of things and allowed me to be where I'm at right now, where I've written a book that actually held together. Um, but most importantly, I just felt like I've connected to that inner source, that vision. Um, when I, I mean, I'm in the, I have the whole thing printed. It's actually sitting at my feet right now. And over the next month or two, I'm going to read the whole thing over. And I'm just noticing as I read it, it's sort of like, yeah, I got it. You know, it's here. (laughs) I mean, definitely needs some revision. Doesn't it always, but, uh, it overall, the, the gut feeling is that I've sort of, captured that uh, thing that I set out to try to do. Um, so, you know, you could call it a lifelong love and obsession with Tolkien, with imaginary worlds and trying to bring it to life. But that ultimately is my core motivator. I mean, there's a lot of 
I think I mentioned in, in the beginning the personal level of Blood Dawn as a as a book itself, like where I relate to the characters and my own journey to finally just take the leap and say, hey, I want to be a fantasy writer. I want to write this story. And if I end up living under a bridge because of it, uh, so be it. <laughs> Fortunately, that, that's not the case. But I mean, that was sort of how determined I was to finally do it. Um, but yeah, those would definitely be some important sources for me. Cool. Well, it, that I, is. I, I love. Go ahead, sir. I love hearing that because it reflects a lot of my own. And again, as a narcissist, it reflects a lot, a, a lot of how I came to where I am at. Like, I don't have this uh, single focus, like on on a specific author or work of fiction. But the the journey of writing a series of books that, by all that is holy, will never be printed or read by another sentient being again is what I did. Like, I'm not saying that's your books, like your first books before you wrote wrote Blood Dawn, but I know that I wrote a few books that I was proud to have written, proud to have done the process, but didn't feel like, like, these are cool, but they're cool books for me. They're cool things for me to have achieved. And then at, I, it took me more than three books to get to the point where I wrote something and went, no, this might be good for someone else. So it's it's cool to see that I'm not the only one who goes through that, who went through that particular way of of, of learning the craft. Now I feel weird. Is that the way it's supposed to be? Well, considering not necessarily. Cursed, <laughs> I, I I don't I mean, know. Like I I know I knew I was not alone, but at the same time, I a lot of people that I know who write books, like they're they either do pretty much what you did, uh, Paul, and you know, kind of just wanted to write that one book and they wrote, they, they, they tried it, got a few false start, but eventually got the groove of that book and wrote that book. And I know a lot of other people who have been toiling on the same book for a decade. And that is the book that they are going to write and rewrite until they're done. Um, but people who, I, people who write books and say, Oh no, that one's not good and move on to the next book. I haven't met that many of them. So I, I don't, I don't feel that you're the minority, Paul. Well, the the the, uh, the crazy thing is, is like I, I never participated in any of the, like NaNoWriMo or anything like that. In fact, I, I never really heard of it until I, I had already started my book. I, I had been working on Ageless about maybe maybe two years when I first heard about it, and I was like, "Hmm, weird." I was like, "Could you really write that much in thirty days?" <laughs> you know, that's the way I looked at it because for me, um, I had a few false starts, and then. It was like I worked on it when I had a little time where I had a little inspiration and it ended up taking uh, three years, more than three years to actually get through the first draft. And like I said, um, I, I guess I think it was last week, but it was very recently I, I saw a post uh, from two years ago when I actually finished that that first draft. And I was like, man, has it been two years already? And then I look around at like, what else am I doing as far as writing is concerned? And I'm writing the novella and and I'm in that same situation again where it's like I write when I have time or if I have inspiration uh but I I don't feel a major like pressure to to sit down and 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 get finished like uh, I don't know if it'll be as good as it could be if I did sit down and just say okay I got to I got to finish this you know what I mean does that make sense I mean I I feel like for me, it just works better that way because it, 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 
I don't know. It's hard to explain, you know, why do you do what no, you I, do? You know, how do you do it? It's hard to explain mm-hmm. that. You know? No, I, I definitely get what you're saying. And everybody has their own process. And I think that's right. one of the things that makes it both interesting and difficult to do this whole being an author or a writer thing is that there is no guide to it. Like there's, there's no single way where you can, um, like you, you can't sit down, read an internet how to and a step by step process and say, Oh, I'm going to be a writer. So I'm going to go take these classes and then I'm going to do this amount of practice as a junior writer. And then I'm going to submit to uh, these places. And after between 10 to 20 attempts, I'm going to get an acceptance and I'm going to do like first stage writing where I write a basic book. And then like, there's no step by step. Like you could be, you could be an automatic success on your first book. You could toil in obscurity for a while. You can decide that you are going to write two books a year and just, publish as much as possible, or you can decide that you're going to rewrite the same book until it's perfect. There's so many ways and there's no way that you can say this is wrong or this is right because they've all failed and they've all succeeded for someone somewhere. Well said. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> you should be a writer. I, sh- I should. I should try. <laughs> I should try my hand this. <laughs> but you know, you got to go to writer school and you got to be a junior writer. All that stuff that you just said, you got to do those things though. It's just that there is no set way of doing it. I know. I'm I mean, yes, you have to, you have to learn how to write, but how you learn how to write, the ends definitely justify the means. Like if you need to write seven books that are going to go from terrible to acceptable from the first to the last, do it. If you need to take classes for a couple of years so you understand like the techniques and, and how it works, go about it. Like it's, it's, it's such a, a fun yet, uh, how to say unstructured career path. <laughs> well, that kind of, it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about on Twitter last week with, uh, um, with Joe, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the conversation I'm referring to. Absolutely. And, uh, I you tuned know, in little, <laughs> a little friendly, little friendly debate. Oh, it's uh, absolutely. Like you, 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 Joe, Joe and I have, um, and th- that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm very much a contrarian where I will sometimes just double down on something because I, like I say, there, there's a lot of times that I don't necessarily, and I did this in the JF show, so I don't want to go into like too deep into that. But there's a lot of certain like accepted generalities that sometimes get on my nerves more than they probably should. Like I should let it go. Like personally, I I love the process of writing. I never feel this whole like pouring your soul and bleeding onto the page and all that feels weird to me and i should learn to accept well it's weird, weird to me not weird to others but i like, i i i feel like the, the the conversation i was having with joe specifically is that i feel so much joy writing that i feel bad for people who will say that they don't and i i, I feel sort of i hate to say it but pity it's like wait you don't enjoy this as much as i do you should because it's really great like where, where I'm at when I'm writing, it's it's fun. You should have fun too. So like, it's just I want people to join my party. John, where do you stand? Oh, on writing, um, don't, don't, don't you don't need to incriminate yourself. Fun. Don't don't yeah. don't pick a oh, side. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, personally, I, as I would relate to it, it's about it's. I mean, it's it's tough work, but I love it. I mean, oh, exactly. uh, I find I find I struggle often to connect. That my hardest part with writing is just getting that connection. Uh, the way I I tend to write, I write on weekends. I don't write at all during the week. So I ruminate all week long. I think about, I prepare myself, but it's that Saturday morning startup. I open my manuscripts. I'm like, often the t- I have to read over the previous chapters. I have to really get in the, get in my character's head. But I've, I've developed a discipline to just sit there. And um, if nothing happens, well, that's part of the process because my wheels are turning and eventually something happens. I don't know if either of you guys have seen that video that I shared on YouTube where it's sort of a time lapse of me writing the climax scene of Blood Dawn. Uh, I watched so it, yeah. I watched. Yeah, and, and you see if you watch that, I mean, sometimes I'll just sit there, nothing's happening on the screen, but then whew, it just flows out like a scroll, and then I stop. <laughs> or yeah. I get up and go get a drink or something. And that's, see, for me, I can sit there for seven hours and write if I have to, but I'm not writing the whole time. It's sort of, it's the process of being there with the story. Um, and I love that. I, when I get into that mode, it's, it's sort of like any habit or discipline you develop, you, you learn to love it. I think it's really hard to get to that place, though, where it becomes innate and ingrained in you. And I think that a lot of times when you hear about the struggles with writing, it relates to the difficulty of trying to feel that connection and establish that everyone's different. Of course. I mean, maybe there are people who will forever think writing is hard because it's just how they're wired and how they approach the craft. But I know for me personally, I feel sort of like a, uh, you know, like a tradesman when, you know, you, after so many years of doing something, you get into sort of the Zen with what you're doing. And that's where the absolute joy and love and freedom and all this stuff comes out of the process. It's the, the way I see it, and that's it, exactly how. I mean, the way you're describing it is is perfect. Like you should maybe you should be a writer too. The um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's. To, Meanwhile, to, I stammer over everything I say. <laughs> and you're a teacher. Your job is to communicate. I know. That's amazing. I know. No, but the the because the way I see it very much like I've I, I've never. My my position is not that writing is easy for me. It is still difficult. There's a lot of like research. There's a lot of like sitting down, just staring at a page, trying to decide where I want the characters to do what. But none of that process feels like a pain or when it is a pain or a struggle, it's the like it's the good pain. Like when you uh, when, when you, you you do a physical activity that you enjoy, whether it's like you, you go skiing or you, you play a game of soccer, whatever you find fun and your muscles ache afterwards. It's a bit that like there's a satisfaction to that that struggle that makes it fun. Like none of it is I don't feel that there's a toll to pay for what I gain from writing. And I find it unfortunate that some people feel that there is this toll, that there is this, this price that comes with creating literature, literature. And that, that's why I feel like, Oh man, that's dude. If it hurts you, don't do it. But at the same time, I want to read your books. So, well, you know, uh, Obviously, since this is an audio podcast, you can't see us, but John and I are both sitting over here nodding while while you're talking, JF. And, uh, you know, 
I, I agree. Most people just nod off when I'm talking, but that's, that's cool. <laughs> well, I'm, that I'm, I'm glad you guys are staying awake. <laughs> I think we're actually nodding to keep our, so we can keep our eyes open. Just yeah, movement, you know. <laughs> Quick, quickly do a giveaway draw now, so see if everyone's sleeping or not. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I will give away, I'll, I'll do a giveaway right now. You ready? I'll give away a copy of Ageless to the first person who emails me with the correct time for right now. There you go. Uh, I guess I should give you my email too, huh? Um, what is my email, JF? Go, to, uh, you can go to paulinman.com and just contact me through the contact there. That's the easiest way. Paulinmansc.com. I don't know what I just said. Paulinmansc.com. Well, actually, we are coming up on like the end, uh, the end of the show. If we don't want to go too long, is there, John? This, this is, this is your spotlight. This is your time. Like, is there anything that we haven't touched on? Anything that you want to mention? Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to promote the book a bit more. Go ahead. This is this is your time. Well, I guess in the vein of promoting my book, which I should and be doing. time's up. Oh, oh no! No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Darn, <laughs> almost got it. Um, no, just well, kidding. In, in the spirit of promoting my book, I did mention earlier that uh, uh, Craig Monroe has created a John's List uh, incentive for me, and I think a lot of the listeners to this podcast are members of the Goodreads group community. So. Uh, definitely, uh, if you'd like to help with Blood Dawn, please do go into the John's List folder, check out the, the, the thread. It says, let's get Blood Dawn fully funded and, um, you know, drop a comment in there. Let me know, uh, you want to help if you want to, if you'd rather just contact me and you don't want to, you know, you don't like posting in the group or whatever. Um, you can email me at, uh, John Robin RT at gmail.com. So, um, uh, that's just my attempt to give, get J.R.R. Tolkien's initials. Um, I had to come up with an email. John Robin was taken, you know, so John Robin R. I was curious, <laughs> you know, I need to have that Tolkien flavor in there somewhere. <laughs> so, um, I hadn't even so, noticed that when I, when I saw your, uh, your Skype name. So it's, oh, it's yeah. a good catch. It's good. It's consistent and it's funny because, you know, that's unique enough that I don't ever have to run into having to put a one or a two at the end of, of anything. But, uh, yeah, so uh, anybody listening to this, you want to help, you can either email me. I'm definitely uh, pulling out all the stops and I'm putting lots of things in motion. I'm sort of just get moving so I can use all the help I can get. Um, if you haven't pre-ordered my book then uh, shame on you. <laughs> I did. No, I did, guys. <laughs> not, not did. you guys are good. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is to those listeners who are sitting on the fence. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, I'm kidding about the shame on you, but uh, I definitely uh, would love the support. I mean, check out the opening chapters. As Paul mentioned, he has he read the opening Rena chapter. Uh, I have a link right up on my page where people can listen to that. Um, Actually, pretty soon I'm going to be reading the opening Rena chapter, and I'm going to link the two guys together. Um, I'm going to be rewriting that Rena chapter entirely, and I'm and sort of to uh, promote that I'm going to I'm going to read that uh, as part of it. But uh, you know that I, I that's little little uh, bit of uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, so. Um, Paul, you could have fun listening to the pronunciations uh, or the differences in some of the pronunciations because oh, I'm sure you're no, wondering how some best. of them are. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got most of them. There was a few of them where it's like, 
I don't, it's funny how it works because, you know, I sit here and this is all these, I know how these names sound and you don't realize until someone else reads it that the way you would assume it's pronounced is not necessarily the way everyone else would think it's pronounced, hmm. which is fine for me. I mean, I, I, I found we, reading things like Wheel of Time, very strange names and you make up your own way to say them because it makes sense to you. But then, uh, Robert Jordan put a glossary in the back where he showed how they're pronounced. And I'm like, oh, I had that way wrong. Way wrong. I mean, I think it was Edge. I, there was one character named Egwene, and I called her Edgeween. I don't know where that came from, but, you know. <laughs> well, we we uh, strive to butcher everything on our podcast. We con- consistently are just ruining every every name that we come across. And we are. here is good. a good tip that JF can... Um, tell you is a good tip but i'm gonna tell you now uh putting a glossary is a great idea in fact jf is has uh when he was in earlier in the production of the life engineered he uh they they mentioned that maybe he would like to do that and he did it and now he's happy i assume right jf i'm, I'm super happy because i don't i don't know if i mentioned that but it is one of the things that uh uh, uh the uh, god i'm, I'm gonna I'm having trouble with her first name. Leah Kearns uh, mentioned in when about the book that she uh, appreciated that there was a glossary because of all the messed up names in the book. So score. So just food for thought. And you know, what's funny is um, uh, as I went along and I started reading some more um, samples from people, I uh, contacted them uh, specifically like Jameson Stone, for example, because um, he had a lot of, of uh, made up fantasy words in his book as well. And I said, listen, just record yourself pronouncing them and I'll say them the right way. <laughs> so, you know, th- you live and you learn. Sorry, John. <laughs> Oh, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all. In fact, I I was so blown away just that email you sent me. It's like I recorded your opening chapter. <laughs> I I know, you know it's so weird just, because like were were you in the same situation as I was? Because I hadn't really talked to Paul. Paul had been the enemy for a long time during the first contest. I was the hated enemy. You were one of the enemies because <laughs> the first contest is like what we're doing right now would not have been even thinkable back then. So to get that email and that communication from Paul saying, hey, can I record your first chapter? I was like, yeah, dude, man, that's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely an icebreaker. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's again, a well, example. Well, I had fun, guys. I had fun doing it. Uh, I, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff personally, so. Yeah. It's funny what the spirit of competition can create, the, the perceived boundaries perceived barriers whereas when you have the existence of this community that we have you know it it breaks a lot of those down so yes yes i mean the latest contest a lot of people were competing but you know in the background we have this big community where people are sharing so you know i saw a lot of reader updates to people who were pretty high up there on the letterboard and you know they're congratulating the winners in in good sportsmanship um no, I think that's just great to see that. So kind of like cooperation, you know, we all yeah. want to see each other uh, succeed, but you know, somebody's going to win eventually or, or whatever. If that's it's right. Uh, if it's, you know, not during one of the competitive times, you know, we all want to try to see each other succeed. So uh, John, uh, tell us about your online presence. Where can people find you and maybe connect with you if they're interested in doing that? 
Um, no, well, you, I have. Where where will Paul, people go to connect with John, whether they like it or not? Yeah, whether they like it or not. Go to inkshares.com, <laughs> type in Blood Dawn in the search bar, and it will pop up, and you will go to my page. And everything, that is like the central hub. You, you know, you'll find whether you want to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter. My email address is there. My website's there. My blog is there. Everything that where you could connect with me, uh, you can find there. So inkshares.com, type in Blood Dawn in the search bar, and you will go to my page, and that is where it all begins. And make sure you order my book before you do anything else. <laughs> Good call. You really, <laughs> people really should. I mean, it's uh, the amount of, I mean, we've reviewed, I mean, we've already reviewed Blood Dawn, so I don't want to go into too much detail about my opinion of it. I think I was very clear, but the amount of detail and work yep. that John put into that book. You're a dragon now. Really, there's, there's no, there's no way this is not going to come out as a masterpiece. Very kind. JF. I'm flattered. You have an online presence as well, right? Last I, week you introduced us to something fun and new, hopefully. Maybe not new. Well, but. Yeah, fun and new. Uh, basically, me the uh, my About Me page, which I'm just going to make sure I have the right. So if you go to about.me slash JF that's about.me slash JF D-U-B-E-A-U, you'll find a, uh, a, basically the, a hub for most of my online presence has got links to my uh, Facebook, Twitter, it's uh, my, my webpage. So most of the information you'll find you'll, you'll about me, you'll be able to find there. That's why it's called about me. How about you, Paul? Very impressive. So I tried to make an about me because I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm going to do that. And then I accidentally linked it to my Facebook instead of linking it to my name. So I'm going to create another one this this coming week, probably, uh, and and give it a second go. But in the mean in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Inman SC. That is P A U L I N M A N S C. You can also find me. Uh, you can go to my website and check out all the different things that I like to dip my fingers into. Oh my! That did okay. PG. Wow. PG, PG. Come on, come on, guys. PG. Um, www.paulinmansc.com. P a u l i n m a n s c dot com, and you can look for Ageless by Paul Inman on Facebook if you'd like to do that, or go to inkshares.com, type in Ageless, and my pre-ordering phase is over. So you can, well, I guess it's technically still pre-ordering. My campaign is over, but you can pre-order your copy of Ageless, which comes out on May. Third, JF, the Life Engineered comes out March first. It is it is creeping up very quickly, and I'm, very I'm still funding a God in the Shed. I'm uh, I'm at 452 copies or something like that. So I would I would really like another 300 copies so I can get like that big publishing run because that is a lot of fun. And uh, that, that, that's I'm hoping that goes also for for Blood Dawn because I think my, you you've got like the whole uh, author accelerator thing. So I don't know if you need as much uh, as much editing as I do, but I I, I need the editing. <laughs> well, plus it sounds like the production, the levels for production and marketing that they put in with full funding is is quite a gulf. Between yeah, Quill. like Quill Probably. sounds like it it'll give you a good book. Uh, you know, if you could look after the editing, that's great, but there's still things like cover and, and just, there's a huge, I, I know we're supposed between... to be, f- yeah, definitely oh. because they, they have a difference of budget, but the, the, the way I see it is Quill will give you the momentum to get your first book going 
so that when you try to fund the second book, you'll get your 750 because you'll have that first book done. You'll like your efforts to get to 250 will not be wasted because you will have something and that something will be helpful for when you do another campaign. Yeah. And plus it's a book that you could try and sell and promote. And it's, yeah. it's still, it's still being published. It's still being distributed. Yeah. It's just that they don't do the cover for you in some of the sort of more fancy nitpicky things. They don't, they, they don't take care of. How many days do you have left on God in the shed? I still have 94 days. Okay. So ah, just a little more than blood dawn. Yeah, I know okay. we're, we're, uh, we're kind of following each other on that. So I'm, I need to make a big push on God in the shed because I've been completely neglecting it because I had so much work to do for life engineer. Now I'm full on marketing life engineer. So I can't, it's hard for me to push two books at the same time. But anyways, we're supposed to be ending the show. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about the duality of having two cam like a campaign and a release at the same time in our next episode. If we remember to do that. If we remember to do that, someone please remind us what to do because we need it. Uh, anyway, um, John, thanks for being our first guest. You've been amazing, and I hope that uh, you know Blood Dawn gets all the way up. Even though it is, it's already in the quill. We've, we're we're good to go. We will get a copy of Blood Dawn. Um, so good luck to you, and thank you for coming on, JF. Always a pleasure, sir. Same thing for you, Paul. And uh, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.